You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the Kulin Nation and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. On today's show, we're looking at the Victorian government's recent promise to legislate their renewable energy target. Victoria currently produces about 17% of its electricity using renewable resources. The target is to increase that to 25% by 2020 and 40% by 2025. The legislation has just passed in the lower house. We'll be talking to Pat Simons from Yes to Renewables about what this means and what it took to get to this point. We'll also be talking to Megan Wheatley from Senvian, who are a manufacturer of wind turbines, about how legislation affects their work. In a press conference given last month, Lily D'Ambrosio put a conservative spin on her government's efforts. We have a diverse energy mix and that will continue to exist. Coal will continue to play a role in providing electricity to our state and to other states. That will continue to be the case for many years to come. But what we do know is that we need more renewable energy coming into our mix because we are committed to clean energy supply for our future. Uh, We've signed up to that. Uh, Many other states have signed up to that. Uh, The federal government claims that it supports that and yet has not been able to get some of their recalcitrant backbench uh, who live on another planet to be able to agree to establish a clean energy target. The energy market operates uh, across the nation, uh, across the eastern seaboard. Uh, The mix uh, is quite diverse. Providing more renewable energy uh, in a timely fashion uh, means that, of course, that that energy can be used here in Victoria, it can be used in other states. So we are actually very comfortable and very confident that adding more renewable energy will mean that more supply means lower prices, and that is a good thing for everybody. We now go to Pat Simons from Yes to Renewables. I asked him to tell me a little bit about the campaign. Yeah, so Yes to Renewables is Friends of the Earth's campaign for 100% renewable energy. Uh, we're a grassroots campaign that we're committed to you know, good jobs, community power and action on climate. Uh, and the last few years, we've been working really hard on a campaign for a Victorian renewable energy target. So the Andrews government has said that it will write the renewable energy targets, 25% by 2020 and 40% by 2025, into law. What are the fine details? So in terms of the the benefits of that renewable energy target, getting to 40% renewables by 2025 is going to see, for the energy nodes out there, 5,400 megawatts of new wind and solar farms built all around the state. Would that power, say, a city or a home or what? So it's... it's we haven't even done the numbers on this. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy, you know, like the first um, piece of investment that they're going to to do to meet this target mm. is for 650 megawatts, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a, a small portion of that total target. And just that 650 will power about 380,000 homes. So, you know, going to, to 40% renewables, you know, it's going to be powering almost half half of the state. In terms of investment, it's kind of, it's comparable to the the first Snowy Hydro scheme so it's you know it is it is one of the biggest investments from a um, a single government in renewable energy in Australia's history. How is this scheme going to be administered? Yeah, so uh, the government will use a series of 
what's called competitive renewable energy auctions. So this is kind of modelled on what the ACT government did whilst, you know, when the Abbott government was busy trying to destroy the renewable energy industry, fortunately the ACT set a 100% renewable energy target and just that policy alone kind of kept the sector alive. So, yeah, basically they they run these kind of blind auctions where companies are forced to compete to offer the lowest cost price and it makes sure that investors kind of have a level of certainty to actually invest in and build new projects, but also that they're delivered, you know, pretty pretty cheaply. So once the government invests this money and the private corporation builds the renewable energy, who owns it? Uh, so, you know, it, it is owned by private companies, but, you know, there is also the potential for the public to kind of receive, you know, a benefit directly from that. It kind of depends on what's happening in the, the wholesale electricity market. But there is also potential for a level of community investment in these projects. And that's something that we, we are really supportive of and, and think that should be a priority in the way that this scheme is administered, is to open up uh, new renewable energy projects to community investment and make sure that companies are actually putting you know, the local community f- um, first and foremost you know, in developing any new wind or, or solar projects. And will the government be paying for ongoing maintenance or, say, end-of-life rehabilitation? That responsibility typically would fall on, on the company rather than the public. And, you know, that makes sense, particularly if, if it's a for-profit uh, development. You know, that, that really should be the, the company's responsibility. Is there any talk in government circles about just straight out having state-owned renewable energy? What the government has done so far, this would be the closest to what you're talking about, is they've used their own purchasing power to basically buy renewable energy certificates. So this is kind of like a way for the government to participate in the energy market. And so, you know, in addition to the ACT scheme, the government's decision to do that and finance uh, two renewable energy projects in the past year or so, yeah, has has actually helped keep renewables alive in Australia. And even the the renewable energy target and, and this renewable energy auction, it is kind of a blending of governments participating in the market. But the Victorian government is probably not as... The Queensland government is probably leaning more towards state-owned investment in renewable energy developments. And I'm sure, I'm sure that, yeah, a lot of people would like to see a return to public ownership. It's just a matter about how does that occur? Do we need to create new institutions for, for regulating the energy market? Do we just need to smash it all? Or um, do we need to set up a new um, publicly owned company that can build renewable energy company um, projects themselves? Like that's that's a total possibility. But I think at this stage they're more in setting the framework and getting getting companies to do the the heavy lift. If um, the Andrews government uh, renewable energy target comes into law, what sort of effects will it have? Yeah, so like I said before, it's going to see a massive investment in wind and solar farms across the state, which is amazing. So that's going to create about 10,000 jobs or more. So we're really getting into creating the new economy and what that looks like. It's going to reduce electricity sector emissions by about 16% over probably a decade to 15 years. Yeah, a huge amount of capital investment. It creates the opportunity for for more community-owned renewable energy. So those are kind of like the immediate effects. Oh, well, the longer-term effects, sorry. The other impact that it'll have is, you know, for people who are, if you're worried about 
um, electricity prices or the security of the grid, you know, following the closure of the Hazelwood coal-fired power station, this is the only policy to build new energy generation. Renewables are now the lowest cost form of energy and the lowest cost forms of new energy. So it will actually, you know, by the simple laws of supply and demand, put downward pressure on prices. And it also addresses, you know, the energy supply shortfalls brought about by the closure of the Hazelwood coal-fired power station. This is Megan Wheatley from wind turbine manufacturer Sanvian, who have delivered about 10% of the wind farms in Australia. I asked her to tell me a little bit about Sanvian. Uh, Sanvian globally, well, we've been in the business for over 25 years, um, headquartered in Germany, and the company's delivered over 7,500 turbines worldwide, ranging from 2 megawatt machines to the offshore over 6 megawatt machines. Um, in terms of Australia, um, Sembion first set up in Victoria and it really was as a direct result of supportive government policies. The Victorian government had released policy and planning guidelines for the development of wind energy facilities and that created uh, enough confidence globally to, um, I guess, to realise that Australia was a good place to, to invest in new clean energy projects. And so how does the announcement that the Andrews government will legislate its renewable energy target affect your business? It's fantastic news for our business. For um, We really welcome the Victorian government's leadership in renewable energy. Um, what it means for us is that we can start to see a really exciting pipeline of opportunities for new wind farm projects. And what's great about that is not only are we delivering more clean energy in Victoria, but we're also creating fantastic opportunities for new jobs and businesses and in a lot of regional areas as well. I'm Corey Green, and you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. On today's show, we're talking about the Victorian state government's plan to legislate their renewable energy target. There is some opposition to this plan. Victorian opposition leader Matthew Guy has said that this plan wouldn't reduce energy prices and that any leadership on this issue needs to come from the federal government, who aren't proposing action of this magnitude. In the face of a global apocalypse, Federal Minister for the Environment and Energy, Joss Frydenberg, is also keeping the focus squarely on electricity prices. This is audio from August, taken after a meeting where state ministers threatened to go it alone if the federal government didn't take adequate action. We recently received, just five weeks ago, from Australia's chief scientist an important blueprint for reform to the national electricity market. Today we are seeking to make substantial progress on that as we move to implementation. We will continue to do everything we can to put downward pressure on prices and that's what this meeting's focused on. His concerns about prices are unfounded. Morgan Stanley estimates that in as little as three years, renewables will be the cheapest source of new electricity generation. We return to Pat Simons from Yes to Renewables. So I imagine that people on both sides of this issue will be mobilising. Has the Andrews government ever backed down on a promise like this before? They've stood very firmly on the renewable energy policies uh, and, you know, under a lot of attack from the Turnbull government who doesn't even have a clue on energy at all. And so, you know, we've been backing them in quite strongly. We've been campaigning for a, um, a Victorian renewable energy target or a VRET if I'm can use an acronym for, you know, about four years. And yeah, they are delivering a really solid policy and we want to see that succeed. So we have kind of been sending a strong signal. 
the community wants you to lead on this issue. So there's no reason to back down. And I think that works quite well for them because renewables are really popular and mm. it just makes sense for them to to take a strong stance and kind of give a finger to the to the feds and, and demonstrate that they can actually get stuff done. So what is the current um, level of community support for renewable energy? So if you look at all available public polling, it's very, very high. Like it's, there's not many things that poll more positively than renewables. Like, so we, we did a poll uh, last year, about halfway through last year, which found that I think it was about 81% of, I'd have to check my figures, but around 81% of, of Victorians support an urgent shift to 100% renewables, including a majority of Liberal voters. And, you know, more recently, a, a lot of polling will show that people strongly support renewables f- from around, you know, 76 up to to 80%. So it is very high. And for this policy, Sustainability Victoria has done gold standard research that shows that the Victorian renewable energy target has support of around 81, 80, 80% of the state. So it's, yeah, it's very popular. And so Victorian opposition leader Matthew Guy has pledged to scrap the Victorian renewable energy target if he's elected. Does that mean that the companies don't really have the stability that they need to invest? Yeah, you know, it is it is a risk, their current position on the renewable energy target. So, you know, the, the next election is an important one from the perspective of people who care about climate change. That's maybe the best way to put it. But it's also a real concern for, you know, electricity prices and, and just actually managing the energy system and having a prudent policy. So we know that this renewable energy target will put downward pressure on prices. It's going to build new energy supply. Matthew Guy's pledge to Axit, it's just uh, they don't have a policy of their own, and that's really disappointing. If they were to axe the policy, it's going to lead to emissions are going to continue to rise. Energy prices will continue to rise. We're not going to have the energy needed to have a secure power supply. So, yeah, they're really out in the woods on this. And if if you speak to, you know, even other um, prominent liberals like John Hewson, they backed the, the Victorian Renewable Energy Target back in 2014. So it's really disappointing to see the Matthew Guy opposition has taken this really bizarre stance. So what effect do you think that this policy will have nationally? So it's the impact's already been huge. The, the Andrews government first announced their commitment to the two targets of 25% by 2020 and 40% by 2025 last year, halfway through last year. And when that happened, I think it caught everyone off, off guard a little bit. You know, we'd been working on this at the community level for a couple of years, you know, getting out there and talking to people all around Victoria about, you know, what do you want the state's renewable energy target to be? And everyone was saying they wanted it to be ambitious. You know, they'd say different amounts, but um, a lot of people were strongly supportive. And so I think that when the government announced something that was fairly positive, the the kind of the fossil fuel industry and also the federal government were really caught off guard. They didn't realise that there was this groundswell of community support for renewables in Victoria. And it wasn't long after that that we saw, you know, a very nasty campaign of misinformation kick off attacking any state that was showing leadership on renewables. And so both South Australia and Victoria became en- enemy number one for for the Turnbull government because of their ambitious renewable energy policies. So that was the initial um, impact. And 
you know, I think if anyone's paid attention to to renewables or energy politics the past year, you know, we've been witness to a really absurd, nasty conversation, people blaming wind farms for blackouts and, you know, in South Australia and all of this ridiculous stuff. But it's, I think it's kind of having a little bit of a, um, there's a little bit of backlash, you know, hitting the Turnbull government right back at them for basically just having nasty politics but no plan of their own. I asked Megan Wheatley from wind turbine manufacturer Senvian how opposition to the plan would affect the company. I think it's one of the frustrations that we have, not just in Victoria but in Australia, that renewable energy has become a, um, a an area of conflict politically. Um, it seems so ridiculous because you've got so many industry groups calling for a stable policy environment with a move to lower emissions technologies, and yet it is still a matter of political debate, not just at a state level but at a federal level. And that can that does provide a, create a lot of uncertainty for investors um, and can be very damaging to our business. So your company um, must be watching what's happening federally. Does that make you feel uncertain? In the absence of, of national leadership, we're really excited about what's happening at a state level. Um, so we're really hopeful that the Victorian legislation passes quickly and that we start to see some um, of the proposed mechanisms come into play, such as the Victorian Renewable Energy Target Auction, because that will start to create the incentive for construction and all that great things that come from a supportive policy environment for renewables. Could your business survive without the renewable energy target if current trends continue? Unfortunately, our business does rely on a supportive policy environment at the moment. Um, What we are seeing, though, is that the cost of technology is continuing to come down. We are seeing increasing pressure globally to move to a low emissions energy system. So I believe that in the future, we will be less dependent on government policy. But unfortunately, at the moment, we are very dependent on whatever the policy environment is for renewable energy. I'm Corey Green, and you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. On today's show, we're talking about the Victorian state government's plan to legislate their renewable energy target. I asked Pat Simons from Yes to Renewables what sort of campaign it took to get to this point. So, you know, we're a community campaign where it's we're driven by the... Um, you know, the energy of largely volunteers. So myself, I was first got involved with the campaign as a volunteer when Abbott was in power just a few years ago. And we're a group that meets up once a week. We discuss our strategy and our tactics. You know, what did we do last week? What worked well? And sometimes that's getting a letter published in the Herald Sun, or it might be, oh, we we met with the energy minister and she announced this awesome thing for you know, solar-powered trams. So that process of just kind of chipping away at your goals and your long-term strategy week by week and just having a committed group of, of individuals, really important. So I think for me, one of the lessons is, you know, the grassroots gets the goods. You can have a flashy marketing campaign, but if you're not out there getting organised and getting out in the community, that's really the priority for, for activism. Your campaign has gone to rural communities as well, hey? Yeah, so a really important part of the campaign was getting out on the road and meeting with um, community groups, you know, grassroots sustainability groups throughout Victoria who are already 
interested in renewables or setting up their own projects. So we've done a lot of work, particularly before the previous state election, with uh, the Mass and Ranger Sustainability Group, who you know have a vision for setting up a community-owned wind farm in their area. And that was a really hot-button topic in the previous state election because the previous government basically brought in this policy that set up these no-go zones uh, that restricted where wind farms could be built. And this community wanted to build their own and it happened to fall in one of these no-go zones. And so, you know, working with groups like Mass and Rangers Sustainability Group or Totally Renewable Yak and Danda, which is another group that, you know, doing really cool stuff with um, solar bulk buy schemes, they're really out in front, leading the pack, you know, developing their own vision and it's actually the politicians that need to catch up with the community who are, who are doing the real innovative stuff. So I guess in terms of what our campaign did, we are always seeking to to tell the untold stories of what the community is doing. And so, you know, whether that's through social media or blogging or trying to help people get local media stories, trying to set up meetings with politicians and really, you know, put those stories on the agenda and demonstrate to politicians this is the level of support in the community. They love renewables so much they're doing it on their own. Why don't you follow their lead and make an ambitious policy yourself? We go back to Megan Wheatley from wind turbine manufacturer Senvian. I asked her what she would like to see happen regarding renewable energy, both federally and on a state level. Well, I think nationally one of the best hopes at the moment is the clean energy target that has been proposed by um, Alan Finkel as part of his review. Um, That's something that has got really broad industry support. Um, You've got the opposition party saying that they'll come to the table and support it just to get something happening in the energy space. So as a company, we would support something like the clean energy target going through. Um, At a state level, we're really excited about the direction the Victorian government's taking and um, really just full steam ahead with the proposed approach. And is there anything else you'd like to say? I think just to reiterate that we are very excited about the direction the Victorian government's going with respect to renewable energy. Um, We believe that a stable long-term policy environment is absolutely critical to rebuilding investor confidence in clean energy. And I guess to renewable energy, from our perspective, it's not just about the clean energy that's going into the system, but it's also about the significant employment and economic development opportunities that will also come about, and particularly in regional Victoria. And what do you hope to see for the future of your company? Um, Well, we'd like to continue to um, be successful in the Australian market. Um, We're also responsible for the Asia-Pacific region as well. Um, One of our big dreams is to become a hub for the Asia-Pacific region. We'd love to see the sort of stable policy environment that results in the growth of significant renewable energy businesses in, in Australia to not just for supporting the construction of wind farms, but also the ongoing operation and maintenance. A typical wind farm has a life of 25 years, so it's a really terrific long-term business opportunity. We return to Pat Simons from Yes to Renewables. Did you hope that by now we would have come further on investment in renewable energy? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's 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 unfortunate that the Abbott government, you know, took such a hard stance against renewables. You know, you know, basically spreading spreading fear about the health impacts of wind farms and giving credence to to nonsense ideas that wind energy will give your your sheep herpes and all this ridiculous stuff. And 
and really having an explicit strategy of trying to to destroy the sector. So, absolutely, would love if we um had more investment in renewables already. But we weren't we weren't in that situation. That was not the situation that we were in. We were in the situation that we had a, a, a federal government that was very hostile to to renewable energy. And yeah, sometimes you just need to fight the fight, and that's what we've been we've been doing. And so you know, the national energy policy at the national level is kind of in, and I would say chaos at the moment. But we we've known for a very long time that no matter what's happening at the national level. Whether it's in our local communities or at the state level, we can actually make Victoria a bit of a safe haven for renewables, and yeah, we can we can do it ourselves. Uh, what would you like to see the campaign achieve next and in the long term? Particularly with the renewable energy target just about to be written into law, it's right at the end of our campaign. Really exciting, so that's going to be a really proud moment. The next question for me is about okay, wind and solar farms are going to get built all around the state. How does that happen? A community's part of it. Are they empowered to, you know, put interesting ideas on the table about what the renewable energy revolution looks like to them? For me, it's going to be about getting out and chatting to people in regional Victoria who want to build wind farms and want to build solar farms and giving them the resources to to make sure, yeah, that that is a really interesting thing for them. Uh, the other thing that we're kind of turning our attention to is just getting back to the issue of climate change directly you know since the tony abbott cut the the carbon price you know the climate movement has kind of gone off and fought these proxy battles for the last last few years so there was this feeling that oh we couldn't talk about climate change cuz the politics is too difficult so people went off and it was like okay we'll do divestment so there's been a lot of divestment campaigning and that's been great and then people working on coal so you know there's been a campaign to close the Hazelwood coal-fired power station and that's that's really cool and we've been doing renewables and there's also been the campaign to get you know lock the gate and and ban uh, unconventional gas exploration so these are all kind of proxy battles of climate change politics and so one of our other campaigns, so Lee Eubank, he's the former coordinator of Yes Renewables. He's just kicked off a new campaign. It's called Act on Climate Vic. And that's just about getting back directly to the issue of climate change and but also getting out of the inner city and not just talking to the regular people who already know about climate change or already are very concerned about it, but spending more time in regional areas and talking to, you know, largely conservative communities and finding the language that works to you know make sure that we're getting broader action on climate change as well not just renewable energy so how can people get involved in this campaign so yeah we we meet every week at friends of the earth tuesdays in melbourne and so tuesdays 6 30 p.m uh we're at the friends of the earth food co-op on smith street in collingwood and that's probably the easiest way to get involved just come along to our regular action meeting if you like, you can look us up on Facebook, Yes2Renewables, with mm-hmm. the number two, or on Twitter. And we also have a blog. And there'll be links there to petitions or you can, you know, send us a little message to to get involved if you want to volunteer. That's probably the best best way to get involved. Is there similar campaigns in other states? Not by Yes to Renewables, but I would suggest seeking out a local action group, whether they're doing work in your community or work at the state level or, or work at the national level, you know, look for the grassroots groups who who are getting getting stuff done. And and if you don't see that, 
you know, go out and form your own group and, and get started. Because, yeah, this is a huge result, you know, getting a pretty strong renewable energy target for Victoria. And it's it's been achieved by a pretty scrappy campaign in a dusty office on a low budget. And, you know, ev- everybody can get involved in political action. So, yeah, if you, if you can't see it around you, um, I would suggest finding ways to, to get it started yourself. Thanks for appearing on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Earth Matters. That was Pat Simons from Yes to Renewables. We also heard from Megan Wheatley from wind turbine manufacturer Senvian. If you missed some of today's show, don't forget that our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377, and our email address is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.